Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Freedom Church, how you doing this morning? Everybody doing all right? Good to see everyone. Uh, welcome to those watching online. And let me just say this. Uh, this is our brand new place. How many of you guys were in our uh, new space for the new year? How exciting is that, man? God's done some amazing miracles. But with all that, we're figuring out some stuff. And because this is a different room and different challenges, you can realize it's a long thing, so it's kind of echoey. You guys hear the echo and the sound through worship and all those different things. So here's what I'm saying. Be patient with us. We're going to fix with all that, okay? So we're trying to, we're going to get a drum cage built. We've got to get sound panels. We're going to get new chairs coming in that are cushioned that's going to help with all that. So it's not that we haven't forgot about that and all those things, but we are working on the sound. But thank you for your patience. But here's the miracle. Man, we are in our own spot, and we don't owe a dime to this because of God and because of your faithfulness. Thank you for your giving. That, that's awesome. Hope everybody had an awesome New Year and an incredible Thanksgiving. And one of the things during uh, Christmas time is we sp- take a little bit more liberties and indulge ourselves with a whole lot of food and we gain that holiday weight. Man, honestly, how many of you guys gained a little bit more weight than you wanted to during a, couple, a lot of honest people here? So I want to give you a couple of hints and kind of ideas of foods to avoid if you're trying to lose weight this year. I'm trying to lose weight every year, but uh, sometimes I don't listen to my own advice, but I've never tried this. If Don't go to IHOP and get this chorizo fiesta omelet. I know it looks so good, but this puppy right here has... 1,990 calories, 121 grams of fat, and that's not even counting the orange juice. To burn all those calories, they say you would have to clean house for five hours straight. So if you have a sweet tooth, here's what you need to avoid. Don't go to Sonic and order the pineapple upside down master blast. This is diabetes in a cup right here. It has 225 grams of sugar and a large master blast. You get this? It it contains 2,020 calories. It would take you dancing five straight hours to burn all those calories. And this next one, I I don't want to share this, but as a pastor, I kind of need to share the truth no matter what. One of the things that I love in Texas is barbecue. How many of you are like, man, seriously? Let's have a vote. What's better, Tex, Mexican, or barbecue? How many of you guys say Mexican's the best? Raise your hand. How many of you guys would say barbecue's the best? Raise your hand. I might agree with you. You know, I might agree with you. I love barbecue. I never ate brisket till I came to Texas, and thank the Lord, I haven't left, you know? But, let me tell you, if you get your traditional three-mate plate, if you get this one, Dickie's Barbecue, for example, it contains sausage, ribs, brisket, some mac and cheese, and a side of onion rings. You know, that is 3,816 calories. It's a heart attack on a plate. You would have to run five straight hours to burn all those calories. When you guys, I don't care. I'm still going to Rudy's afterwards, and I'm going to get some barbecue. You know, there's actually a restaurant in Las Vegas called Heart Attack Grill. You have to weigh, and they say if you weigh over 350 pounds, you can eat there for free. True story. But they weigh you before you actually get the burger. And they have their 
trademark burger. It's called the quadruple bypass burger. And this is what it has. It has four patties, 20 strips of bacon, chili and cheese, and it contains this, 9,982 calories just for the burger. How many of y'all think I can handle that, right? Dave Maniachi in first service says, yeah, there's no doubt he can eat that in one sitting. Man, but going back to the heart attack grill, they literally call para, they've literally called paramedics to respond to customers who have had heart attacks during this burger. I think they have five recorded heart attacks eating this burger. And what they say is that's good for business. They want people to die. Like they, their last two spokespeople that are kind of the people that are, remember the guy from Subway, their spokespeople have died because of heart attacks in any ways. But here's the reality. If we're not careful, we can put so much junk in our physical bodies that it can affect our physical health. And the same is true spiritually. We can put so much spiritual junk food in us. We can fill our lives with so many fleshly appetites that we kill our appetite for God. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they'll be filled. God's saying that there's a blessing on the people that have a hunger for the things of God. But, but here's the reality, I, myself included. Most Christians don't have a deep hunger for God, don't they? Man, we rarely miss a meal, but we'll constantly miss prayer times, Bible readings, church services. Like, think about when's the last time you went a couple days without eating? And when's the last time you went a couple days without praying, reading your Bible, just thinking about the things of God. Think about the last time when you were hungry. You were hungry maybe for 20 minutes, but then you're able to find a gas station, find some snack. In our country, we don't know what hunger is. We have restaurants in every corner. We have fast food places, not just one line with two lines. So this, here's the question I want to ask you. Compare your hunger for food compared to, that, to your hunger for God. Does it even come close? Even the most committed Christians would say, I would say this, that my hunger for God isn't in line with how big and how good and how amazing and how awesome God is. How many of you guys would say, man, my, I need more of a hunger for God. I need more of an appetite for God. I think all of us would say that, but we don't have that hunger. How do we cultivate that hunger? We do it through the biblical discipline of fasting. Fasting is a physical act that leads to a spiritual response. Fasting means this. It means to abstain for food for a certain period of time. And fasting is something that the Bible talks about quite often. Actually, 77 different times throughout the scripture, it mentions fasting. And nearly every time God does something powerfully and amazing in the lives of people, it's always preceded in by a time of fasting and prayer. If you go back in the Old Testament, Moses, before he received the Ten Commandments and met, met God on the Mount Sinai in Exodus 34, 28, he had fasted for 40 days. The Israelites began, as we looked last week, they fasted and prayed as they were surrounded by these Midianites and all these enemy armies, and God delivered them in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Nehemiah fasted before God used him and delivered them for Babylonian captivity after 70 years. In the story we're going to look at today, in the book of Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is fasting and praying for 21 days before God gave him the direction that he needed. And it wasn't just in the... Old Testament, the New Testament, before Jesus began his ministry, you know what he did? He fasted and prayed for 40 straight days. 
And the Bible says, when God begins to launch the church, he, I know it starts in the book of Acts, but it's not until actually, if you read the Bible, to Acts chapter 13, that it gets out of Jerusalem and it goes to all the world. Before the world begins to hear the gospel, in Acts chapter 13, the Bible says the church of Antioch was praying and fasting and worshiping, and God spoke to them to take the gospel to the nations. And Paul, if you read his letters, is constantly talking about going without meals. Yet many Christians today haven't even studied fasting, yet alone added it to their spiritual lives. And this morning, as your pastor, I want to challenge you. I want to inspire you. I, I, I want to cultivate inside of you. I believe the Spirit of God does a hunger for God in 2022 like never before. And God wants to do something amazing in your life. So we're going to pray before I even get into the message. How many of you guys want God to do amazing things in your life in 2022? You just want a desire for the things of God. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that you give me ease of expression and clarity of thought that you'd speak to us. Lord, that you would call us out of the old repetitive cycle of sin and attitudes and moments, but this year would be a year where you would do something that would change our lives and the lives of others, where heaven and earth would meet. Meet me. Just to say, Lord, meet me this year. I want to know you in a new way. Amen. See, because most Christians haven't really heard about fasting and talked about fasting. They don't practice the discipline, and they don't access the power of God that is available to them through fasting. So what happens is many Christians are walking around discouraged because they feel like God is so far away. Have you ever had a moment where like, man, God, where are you? You feel so distant from God. God's not there. Man, he's, there was a time when he walked with God and he felt his presence, but now he just seems like, blah. Want to go to church? Blah. Read your Bible? Blah. Worship? Blah. And what happens is many Christians will find themselves in this repetitive cycle of sin. There's an attitude, a habit, an action. They say, I'm praying, this year I'm never going to do this again. I'm not going to act like that again. I'm not going to look at that again. I'm not going to involve myself in that. I'll never do it again. Only to find themselves doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. And what was one year and two years and three years has turned to a lifestyle and a cyclical habit in your life because you just cannot break it. The same bondage, the same story, just change the year, the same story. I've been there. The problem is, isn't that you don't want to change, you want to change. You say, man, I don't want to act like that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that anymore. Your heart feels like you want to change. The problem is you want other things more. Your appetite for other things, your appetite for that action, your appetite for that desire, your appetite for that experience is greater than your appetite for God. You will hunger for things that will leave you empty rather than hungering for God. And this morning, God would extend to you an invitation. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because what you're looking for, nothing in the world can satisfy you, but I can satisfy you. Your career will never satisfy you. The sexual experience will never satisfy you. That relationship will never satisfy you. You can't break that bondage on your own. But guess what? I'm the bondage breaker. I'm the God of miracles. And I want to move in your life this morning. Richard Foster, the great theologian, said this. Our human desires are like rivers that tend to overflow their banks. And fasting brings the river under control. And it forces it to flow within its proper boundaries. 
Jesus had this to say about fasting when he was asked by John's disciples. And this is one of the most powerful things we can learn about fasting in all the scripture. In Matthew 9, verse 14, it says this. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? In the next verse, I want you to notice this. We get a big clue from Jesus himself what fasting is all about. Check it out, verse 15. Jesus answered him, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he's with him? Jesus is talking about himself throughout scripture. He's the bridegroom. In other words, I'm right here with you. You don't need a fast if I'm here. This shows us what the true purpose of fasting is. Fasting is to get close to Jesus. Because there are so many things in your life that separate you from God, that separate me from God. Jesus is saying, since I am here, you don't need a fast. Don't worry. My presence is close to you. I'm right here. But then look at verse 15. The time will come when the bridegroom, he's speaking of himself, will be taken from them and then they will fast. This implies that we are to fast when God's presence seems distant from us, when he's gone from us. And let me tell you this, because of the distractions of life, God's presence gets lost to the life of a believer. We get filled so much with the junk of this world that our appetite vanishes. The Bible says that we're spirit and yet we're flesh at the same time. And so many times, Paul writes in Corinthians that we should be led by the Spirit, but many times we're governed by the flesh instead of that. And what fasting does, fasting is this powerful thing. The way that the spirit man gets stronger is this. You pray, you read your Bible. The flesh man, everywhere you're at, it gets stronger whether you want it or not. Just part of living in a broken world. Like, man, commercials that you watch. Like, you can't even walk down the mall without Victoria trying to show you all her secrets, right? It's everywhere you go. Like just living life causes the flesh, man, the, the things of this world feed us everywhere we go. The culture is everywhere. So what fasting does is fasting makes the flesh die. And what it does is it strengthens the spirit because it's powerful. This is what happens. Your most pervasive fleshly desire is to eat. You always want to eat. Every time you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. And what flesh, what fasting does, it says, you say no to your strongest pervasive desire and it makes it easier to say no to all the other desires. Because you say, Lord, I want you more than I want food right now. I know I'm hungry, but I long for you. And you say no to food. So it helps you say no to your anger, to say no to your lust, to say no to your greed. What it happens is it begins to bring the flesh under submission and you begin to focus on God. And you can be, you can live a spirit-filled life. This is so important. Dallas Willard, the great theologian, said this, that grace is not opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. And spiritual disciplines are so important in our lives, and they create an avenue for God to move. And because of life's distractions, fasting becomes important. See, one of the ways that we know that we're sick physically is you lose your appetite for food. The same is true spiritually. When we're sick spiritually, we have a diminished appetite for the things of God. I want you to think this morning, how much do you really desire God? How excited are you to get in his word? How excited are you to worship? How are you excited to serve? Like for many of you, there was a time where you were so excited about the things of God. You would pray, you would read, you'd be like, yes. But life happens. The flesh comes in. Live in this world, and what the Bible says is what fasting does, it begins to uh, give us a desire for God. Because our culture, our, there's, a, there's a culture entertainment that 
pushes pleasure and self-gratifications. It feeds our fleshly appetites all the time. That's why fasting is so important, because it creates this hunger for God, and it suppresses our fleshly appetites. This is why John Piper said this. The absence of our fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of the presence of Christ in our lives. And what God wants to do is God wants to give you a desire for him. And he has created these disciplines that help that happen. So here's my definition of fasting. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time in order to heighten your awareness of God. So Jesus said in John chapter 9, for this amount of time, I'm going to say, God, I know I'm hungry, but even though I'm hungry and these hunger pains are coming on me, I'm going to say I'm hungry for you. And every time you're hungry and it's time to eat, you could say, God, my stomach is turning, but Lord, my spirit turns more for you. Feel me. And God does something in that moment. He does amazing things in your life. And when you fast, what you'll see is you will see your faith will begin to explode. Your appetite for God will begin to increase. See, let me be clear. Fasting is not a requirement to be a Christian. It's more an invitation. It's not something that God makes you do. It's not something God's not going to punish you for if you don't do it. But when you fast, it's the Spirit of God calling you into his presence. You're, ex- you're accepting an invitation that the creator of the universe wants to spend time with you. And he wants to download his plan, his purposes, and his dreams for your life. And it's an amazing thing. It's saying, you know what? I'm breaking out of the routine. I'm breaking out of the, re- the, regular, the regular ritual of life. I'm coming after you, Lord. I don't have to do this, but I want to do this. I'm laying aside my desire for food. I'm telling my flesh that my desire for God is stronger. And guess what happens? That, get God, that gets God's attention. The Bible says this, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That when we come close to him, he comes close to us. And what God is looking for, he's looking for somebody that has a desire to know him. In my prayer, just maybe just one person, if it just gets one, somebody's spirit, if this just gets to one person this year, it'll change your family, it'll change your ministry, it'll change everything about your life, it'll change your business, it'll change the way you're parent, because God wants you to be in his presence, because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And this morning, we're going to learn about fasting from a man by the name of Daniel. This is Daniel from the Lions. Then you heard about him in your Sunday school classes if you grew up in church. And one of the things that, if you've been here at Freedom Church, you know I'm not just going to say a passage here or just say a verse here and tell you a bunch of stories. We always go to God's word because God's word has the authority and gives us insights that we can never gain from ourselves. And in Daniel chapter 10, we are going to see some tremendous insights of what fasting does in our lives, what fasting does for us individually and corporately. And the fast that we're going to look at today is what's called a Daniel fast. And this is where we get that from. A Daniel fast means this. It's a fast from meats, sweets, and breads. Basically, if it tastes good and you love it, it's out. If it's good for you, it's in. On our website, our all-access pass, on our Facebook, we have detailed information about the Daniel fast. You can download what foods you can eat, what foods you shouldn't eat. We have a 21-day prayer journal, all kinds of stuff that you can join the fast with us if you feel the Lord calling you to do it. But we will see in the life of Daniel how fasting and prayer breaks the enemy's stronghold and he begins to release God's power in his life. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Daniel chapter 10 and we're going to see that there's more than meets the eye naturally. It's an interesting passage because what this passage does, it gives us insight outside of just the normal uh, natural world, but it opens it up to the spiritual world. This is like the Ephesians chapter 6 being unveiled in the Old Testament. 
Because Ephesians 6 says, for the rest, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and authorities, that there is this battle going on all around us. And what Daniel chapter 10, it opens up our eyes to the battle that takes place in our lives every day. And here's the first thing that we learn about prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is a spiritual battle. Know that. It breaks spiritual strongholds. There are some things that fasting does spiritually that nothing else can do. It sets people free from bondages and habits and attitudes. It brings breakthroughs. I know what it has in my life over and over again. There are certain things I needed personally, corporately, that I could not do by myself. But I've seen through fasting and prayer that God did what I could never do. Jesus said it like this in Mark chapter 9, verse 29. There's a man who has a little boy that's tormented by demons. And they said, the disciples try to pray for him. They try to cast out the demon, and they can't. And Jesus tells his disciples this. There are certain type of strongholds and battles that can only be won through prayer and fasting. And there's some battles in your life. There's some breakthroughs. There's some place where God wants to take you that can only go when you go deep with God. When you decide to fast and pray and say, God, I want you to move in this area of my life. I know when we began to uh, start this, this is our fifth year of doing the Daniel fast. But I remember in 2018, some of you guys that started back then, it was our first Daniel fast. And I remember being in a worship service, and I remember seeing a vision. Literally in the vision, I could literally see, uh, uh, you know, and I, man, I don't typically see visions and different things. I see them like everyone wants to think. But I saw this vision, and I saw these, like the Lord just releasing these warring angels that when the spiritual realm, that something was happening. It was the first time we did a 21-day fast, and God was doing amazing things. And since that moment, as we begin a fast, God has done things that we can never do. So there's battles that take place in that way. So let's look, at, let's look at this passage and see how it pulls back the curtains and we see how the spiritual battle takes place through Scripture. In the third year of Cyrus the king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. And the understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat, or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks was over. That's one thing that we're not going to include in the Daniel fast. We're still going to take baths and showers and use cologne and stuff like that. But this is what the Daniel fast is. Daniel is 85 years old. He's living a godly life before the Lord. Throughout his life, Daniel has this... uh, ability to hear a dream to see a vision to interpret it God is always speaking to Daniel and what happens all of a sudden in this instance he sees a vision and he can't interpret it he can't figure it out he needs a breakthrough he doesn't know what to do so what does he do he fasts notice that he fasts he says I'm not going to eat any choice food and he does this for three weeks he's praying he's fasting he's calling on God he needs direction here's what we learn praying and fasting allows us to discern God's will for our lives Praying has a way of quieting our, praying and fasting has a way of quieting our heart. It makes us easier to hear God's word. It gets us out of the busyness of life. It breaks the routine and it creates space for God. Because instead of just rushing, instead of going to eat, the time that you're going to use to eat, you're going to use it to pray. And you're going to use it to seek God. And you're going to use, instead of just binging on Netflix, you're going to take time in his word. And you will see how God begins to do amazing things for you. Here's the thing that I know about my life. 
My life is, my sinful nature is strong. How many of you guys say your sinful nature is just out of control sometimes? Mine is. It's always pulling to the right. Man, I need to fast regularly because, man, uh, man, I got all kinds of issues in me. I don't know about you, but I got issues. And I'm like this car that's out of alignment. That's always pulling to the left and pulling to the right. But what fasting does is fasting comes down to the place where it says, God, put me back in your alignment. Let me hear your plan. Let me hear your purposes. Let me hear your future. It's like saying, God, I'm tired of bringing my plans and asking you to co-sign my plan. I tear up my plans and God I bring an empty blank paper and I say God what are your plans that's what it says and here he is he fasts and it seems what's interesting look at this what's happening right here he's fasting he's quieting his heart and this the text tells us it's during the first month of the year this was during Passover was taking place this is comparable to fasting during Christmas imagine you had to fast during Christmas it's an inconvenient time for fasting let me just say this. It's seldom convenient to fast. When you fast, somebody's going to invite you to eat at your favorite place, and they're going to pay. They've never offered to pay, but they're going to offer to pay that one time. <laughs> You're going to be at work. Somebody's going to cater in food. It's just going to be inconvenient. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities to eat will be there. It's, it's always inconvenient. Verse 4 says, But on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, notice, notice this. He's fasted for three weeks and nothing has happened. This was a godly man. He was known for prayer. God shut the mouths of lions for him. But now he fasts for 21 days and it appears nothing's happening. Here, here he is. And here's some encouragement for you as you start this fast. You're going to start fasting and you're going to get discouraged because it feels like nothing's happening. Like nothing's changing. Like you're like, God, I've got a day without food. I've got two weeks without food. Here's what I say. Keep on going. Keep on pushing through. Keep on asking God. Sometimes it's not just instant. You got to press through. But on the 24th day, watch what happens. Verse 5. I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Who is this? This is what theologians call a Christophany. This is Jesus appearing in the Old Testament. If you compare Revelation 1 and John's vision of the resurrected Christ in Revelation 1 to Daniel's vision of, of Jesus here, it's almost identical. And John's response is the same as Daniel. They both fall before Jesus like dead men. Look at verse 8. So I was left alone, and underline this word, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. And here's the third thing we learn about fasting from this passage. Praying and fasting brings you face to face with Jesus. Verse 8 says that he was gazing at Jesus. Notice as Daniel prayed, as Daniel fasted, Jesus showed up and met him face to face. And as you pray, this is what I want you to do. I want you to expect that Jesus is going to meet you. That you're going to have an encounter and you're going to have a moment with Jesus like you have never seen before. I've never had a moment of fasting and prayer where God didn't show up. And every time God has shown up in my moments of fasting and prayer, he's shown up in profound ways. Ways that have redirected and changed the trajectory of my life for my year. How many of you guys need a moment where God just really just changes everything? If you're hunger after the Lord, he will meet you. Expect Jesus to show up. And look at verse 10. And a hand touched me, he said, 
Daniel, you are highly esteemed. I love this. Heaven knows who you are, Daniel. They know you. You're making a difference. When you fast and pray, know this, that heaven notices. Heaven listens. Freedom Church, as you cry out to God, Jesus notices your hunger for God. Then he says, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Daniel's feeling weak. He's trembling. Look at verse 19. He says, don't be afraid. You are highly esteemed. He says it one more time. He says, peace. Be strong now. Tells him again because he's feeling weak. Be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened. Thank God. And he said, speak, Lord, since you have given me strength. And here's what we know about fasting and praying. It gives you supernatural strength. There's going to be moments that you feel tired. There's going to be moments that you feel foggy. There's moments you're going to have deadlines at work. You're going to feel like you can't do it. You're going to want to give up. But if you say, if you commit yourself to it, God will give you strength to make it through. But not just physical strength, but also supernatural strength. As you begin to fast, you will find out that the Holy Spirit will you, you'll feel empowered to say no to sin in ways that you could not before. Fasting breaks addictions off your life. Pornography will be broken. Alcoholism will be broken. Greed will be broken. Materialism will be broken. All these insecurities come out because you'll notice that the new level of God is moving in your life because you're saying no to your most pervasive desire, your most pervasive fleshly desire, food, and you're crucifying that, and you're saying, God, Lord, I'm hungry, but I'm more hungry for you. And every time you're hungry, and every time you have to look at vegetables one more time after 14 days, you say, God, this doesn't look good right now. I want some meat, but God, here's what I want more than meat. I want you. And God shows up in those moments. It's a discipline. It prepares you. It propels you. It's God using your desires to giving you a desire for him. And notice something else here. These are angels. I haven't got time to totally unpack it. We'll go back and read the story that are ministering to Daniel. First, here's the next thing we know about prayer and fasting. It releases ministering angels on our lives. This is amazing. It's so encouraging. God sent angels to minister to Daniel. And here's what I do know. He'll send angels to minister to you. The great theologian, Dr. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, in a commentary of Romans, writes this about being in Christ. This is what he says. Another very wonderful thing, and one which we tend to forget, is that every Christian has and should enjoy the privilege of the service of angels, the angels. We notice in the gospel, in our Lord's earthly life, angels came and ministered to him, and we are surrounded by them. They are unseen, but they are there, and they minister to us because we now belong to Christ. Wow. The Bible says... The psalmist David said that he's given angels charge over you. And be careful what I'm saying. I'm not telling you you're going to go home and see an angel. You could, but that's be highly unusual. I've never seen an angel. The writer of Hebrews says this, that we have maybe entertained angels unaware. But what the Bible teaches us is this, that we're surrounded by angels, that there's this unseen, invisible, spiritual battle that's going around us right now. There, whether you see it or not, there are angels in this room. Whether you see it or not, there are demons in this room. And there is this invisible battle. And when we begin to pray and fast, and the enemy sometimes has control and things over us, but when we pray and fast, we begin, if we would, God would open up our eyes in the spiritual realm like he did to me that one time, we would see that there is a war and a battle that's taking place. And the Bible says that the 
battle is not won by our intellect. It's not won even by preaching. But the battle is won when he begins to pray, when he begins to fast, and God does amazing things. One of the things, if you read the book of Revelation, is the Bible says the prayer of the saints go before the Lord and they outlive us. And if you read the end of the book of Revelation, you say that sometimes the prayer of the saints, the Lord throws him down and they become like fire that are answered prayer. Because your prayers outlive you. Prayer is the most powerful thing that God uses. And that's what he's calling us to. A time of prayer, a time of seeking God. But let me just be clear. We, we don't pray to angels. We pray to the Father in the name of the Son through the Spirit. But God does say in angels to minister to us. There's a story of a missionary by the name of John Patton who went to the New Hebrides Island in the Pacific. These islands had never heard the gospel. They were filled with cannibals who had a history of eating any foreigner who came on shore. And no Westerner knew their language. He and his wife arrived, his young wife, and she died bearing their first child on that island. So he was left without his wife, his child. And he slept on their graves three to four nights to keep the cannibals from digging them up and eating them. He was under constant siege day and night, and he was a, had to look out for his life always. Eventually, he saw a breakthrough, and be, God began to move on that island. In his biography, he writes, One of the chiefs who came to Christ asked him, When you first got here, who was that army that guarded your hut every night? Apparently, the angels of the Lord guarded his hut every night. When he arrived on that island in 1858, there was not a single Christian. When he died 35 years later of that same island, he did not know a single islander who had not professed faith in Jesus. How amazing is that? Verse 12. Then he continued. He says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since, underline this, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I wanted to remind you, this is 24 days into his praying that he started and fasting. He is now, he is just now hearing his response. His prayer is finally being answered in this moment. But the first day that he went out there, God heard his prayer and God was moving in. The, but it was caught up in the heavenlies. The Bible says there was this battle that was happening. It's interesting. There will be days when you're going to feel like giving up. There's going to be days in praying and fasting when you realize, am I just starving myself? This is nonsense. Nothing's taking place. I'm just wasting my time. Why am I doing this? But let me tell you, don't give up. There are going to be days when you don't feel good. You're going to be tired of veggies. You're going to be hungry. Your body aches. It's a struggle. It isn't easy. Your mind's going to get foggy. There's going to be a Sunday when the Cowboys are playing for the NFC championship and you're going to want fajitas and you're like, you don't want to eat just veggies, but you're like saying, man, I'm still going to fast no matter what. Hang on because there's a battle going on and it's not just a physical battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And I really began to really experience this in 2018. That's the first time that we began to pray and fast. And I remember in August of 2018, after we did our 21-day fast, I felt the Lord tell me, I want you to fast the first three days of August. And I did. I said, I said, and I felt the Lord tell me, but I want to do something. I'm doing something in you, and I'm doing something right now. I want you to fast another three days in August. And I did. And then for a third straight week, I felt the Lord telling me, I felt it in my spirit, fast. I'm doing something. And it, I remember it was on a Tuesday. It was the middle of the third time the Lord called me to fast. Felt like giving up. I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? 
And my wife who worked at Taylor Morrison, they were having one of these company parties where they catered in all this good food, where they're playing laser tag, and they had all these different activities for everybody, and I'm eating nothing. And I'm like, man, Lord, I did it for the, I, I just felt like, man, I want to eat. I felt like giving up. I felt like, I man, I, am I just wasting my time? Am I just like going hungry for nothing? Am I really just doing this? But I felt in my spirit, because you know, when the Lord speaks to you, he says, I want you to keep on fasting. I'm doing something. It's going on. You don't see it. So I said, okay. And literally, as I remember, as I said no to food, I was so close to getting a burger bite and just breaking that right there. But I said no to the burger bite. And I said, I'm going to keep on praying and fasting. Literally, a week or two weeks later, a businessman who I'd never met before called me, and he had one of, he had one of, his, one of his people get with me and says, I hear what the Lord has been doing in Freedom Church, and I want to give you a check for $250,000. And I feel that in that moment that the Lord had me pray. He said, pray for provision, pray for provision, pray for provision. And only the Lord can do those things. There are things in your life. There are breakthroughs in your business. There are breakthroughs in your family. There are breakthroughs in your kids. There are breakthroughs in what God wants to do. Where you got to stand around and you got to say, God, I need you to move. I can't do it on my own. I can't think my way through it. I don't got a plan for this. But Lord, my eyes are on you and I'm asking you to move. And God will do what we can never do. And there will be spiritual victory in Jesus' name. The angel said this. Your words were heard. I have come in response to them. But look at verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. This is a demon. This is a demon over this area that was keeping Daniel's prayer from getting to him. And this demon is trying to stop God's purposes in Daniel's life and the nation of Israel. And for 21 days, this angel and this demon are battling. And if I know one thing, I know this is happening. That This is a place, this is an area where there's a lot of spiritual battle. Austin is known as a stronghold. There's a battle that needs to take place, round rock area. But as we begin to pray and as we begin to fast, God will do what we can never do. Understand, there's a spiritual battle. But then Michael, verse 13, one of the chief princes came to help me. And because I was detained there with the king of Persia, and God began to send deliverance. I want you to see this. God sends Michael, the archangel, to intervene. You don't mess with Michael. He's kind of like the Chuck Norris. He's like the John Wick. He's like the Jason Bourne of angels. Michael loosens this angel's grip on the prince of Persia, and the answer comes. Look at this, the last thing we know about fasting. Prayer and fasting breaks the grip of the enemy. I don't know what you're asking for as you pray and fast, but I know that there are some things that the enemy needs to let go from your life, from your family, that can only happen when you fast and pray. This is what I'm going to ask for as a church. We're asking for people to come to Jesus like never before. We're asking for his presence to show up. We're asking for prodigals to come home that I used to walk with Christ. We're asking, I'm asking during this prayer, I'm asking that the Lord would fill this church with boldness to share the gospel with those around us. I'm praying the Lord will align our hearts with his. You don't think hell is going to battle that? You don't think there's a battle as we begin to ask for God's purposes? You know what I'm asking? I'm asking this year for a revival to break out in our kids, in our youth, for God to send the youth leaders and the kids leaders and everybody that we need for a revival for God. You think that the enemy wants the next generation of Jesus lovers to follow him with passion? No way. But man, the enemy's going to try to oppose that. But as we begin to pray, as we begin to fast, God does what we can never do do because the battle is won through prayer and fasting the lord gave me a word in 2018 that i say every year what began in prayer and fasting will be sustained in prayer and fasting and will move forward in prayer and fasting 
And what I'm going to ask you to do is this year, let's pursue God. Let's ask God to give us a hunger for him. And I want to close by getting real practical and giving you five things to do for a successful fast. Here it is as we close. The first thing you got to do is you got to make a commitment. What am I going to do? What's the Lord calling me to do? Decide what you'll fast and how long you'll fast. This is a corporate fast, so I'm asking the church to commit to 21 days of prayer and fasting of some kind. This is what I'm going to do. I'm personally going to fast the first Monday through Friday. I'm going to go just juices and water and juice. And then on Friday, I'm going to transition to a Daniel fast. That's what I feel like I want to do. What's God calling you to do? Make a commitment. Make a commitment beforehand. Then number two, prepare yourself. Your tongue might get coated. You might feel lightheaded and tired. You might have bad breath. Turn to your neighbor and say, you always have bad breath, so don't worry about that. You might feel like you're in a fog. You might say, I wish I was super spiritual all the time. I wish I was all on top of the world. Let me tell you, sometimes you're going to be cranky and moody and angry. Sometimes when I'm in my worst mood, Jennifer says, are you fasting today? I'm like, yes. You know why? Because my flesh is dying, right? And God is getting a hold of me. Number three, prepare yourself spiritually. Pray. Read the Bible. Listen to worship on Spotify. Listen to podcasts. Limit Netflix. Limit social media. Some of you guys need to cut that out during the fast. You'll be stunned how God will speak to you as you fast. And remember, every time you're hungry, when it's time to eat or lunch comes around and you're hungry, say, God, I know I'm hungry for food right now. But Lord, I'm telling you that I'm more hungry for you. This hunger pain right now reminds my spirit that I want you in my life like never before I need you. And then set your objective. Say, God, this, I'm, I'm humbling myself before you. Like one of the things I'll fast for my family, for spiritual needs, relational needs, emotional needs. I'll, I'll fast for the church, for the country, for our, for our city. And number five, that's what I want you to do. Expect God to move in your life. Expect him to speak to you. Expect his presence to be real. Believe God for the breakthrough. Believe God for deliverance. Believe God that what you've been struggling with, that that breakthrough you need, that God will do it. Believe him. Don't stop believing. When it gets difficult, when it gets challenging, here's what we do. Hey, Freedom Church, I don't know what else I could tell you, but remember the last four years, remember when we started fasting, we had $1,500 in the bank. Look where God has brought us. Look what he's done. Look at the miracles that have taken place. And it's happened when we decided to seek God. When we said, God, we need you. God can do something for you personally. He wants to do something for us corporately. That's what I'm praying. That you say, God, I hunger for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. How many you say, Benito? I want to hunger more for God. I need him more. My hunger for God isn't in line with how big and how awesome, how incredible he is. There's some areas of my life that are apathetic. There's areas where I need freedom, and I'm, I feel like the Lord's calling me to fast. And I'm in. I want to know him like never before in 22. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Speaking to you. Speaking to you. Now let him speak to you. Ask him what he wants you to fast. God, we love, we love you. We long for you, Lord. We desire you. We want to know you, Jesus. Man, Freedom Church, 
Tonight, we're going to start off the fast at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a time of prayer and worship. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to pray for the year. We're going to pray for some of our needs. God's going to do amazing things. And Monday through Friday from 6 to 7, one of the pastors at the church will have the church will be open. We're going to just open it up, and we're going to ask God to do some amazing things, meet us here at the church, and we're going to believe God to do some things that he's never done before. And here's what I'm praying for you, that your hunger for God will be stronger than it ever has been in 22. I love you, Freedom church. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.